I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It's coming out! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, and Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly ahead of the final game weekend of the URC regular season. Gavin Casey here and joining us as always to look ahead to one massive clash between two Irish provinces and touch upon another couple of games. Ulster and the Sharks is happening probably only a couple of hours after this podcast comes out. So we're going to defer to Birch and really dig into that game after it on Monday for the 42 members. We still have a few hours to go mind you, before Leinster and Munster lock horns again. And Murray, the teams are out. Very interesting teams, actually. Do you want to start with Leinster and give us a run-through of what we can expect to see from a much-changed team? Well, we usually expect to see something pretty impressive from Leinster, regardless of the team they roll out. As much flagged and expected, all of the frontliners essentially are gone ahead of the Champions Cup final next weekend, including key players who will be on the bench for that game. They haven't risked anyone really Kieran Frawley potentially one of the guys who, who might be in the 23 uh, given what we've seen in the last couple of weeks but that aside it is second even maybe third choice in, in many positions nonetheless there's loads of qualities there and that's the way Jordan Larmer returns finally from injury gets a chance at fullback and he has lots of ground to make up he, he's had a frustrating time a frustrating couple of seasons really in terms of how his career has gone and and he looked to, to kind of relaunch Ryan Baird is back from injury and interestingly he's at blindside flanker so hopefully we'll get lots of chances to see his rangy running style his athleticism his thirst and, and appetite for for getting on the ball Ed Byrne captains the team and is that's probably an indicator of, of where they are with it. But loads of exciting young talent, as as is expected. Jamie Osborne's in midfield. You've got Cormac Foley making his first home start, I think it is. And Harry Byrne at, at, at out half. We've, we've seen all of their qualities. Joe McCarthy, a guy we've discussed a lot on this pod, Gavin, even around potential touring with, with Ireland in New Zealand this summer. He's got a really good opportunity against a, what is a as strong a monster team as possible to to lay down a marker there, um, and a couple of bits even on on the bench. You look at Ben Murphy, Richie the Richie Murphy, the Ireland under twenties coach's son, could make his debut off the the bench for Leinster. Keen Healy covering tight head, and a couple of guys there like Dev Toner and Adam Byrne, who you never know how the the rest of the season is going to go for for Leinster and how the selection will go. But they're obviously ending their careers with, with Leinster, their time with Leinster at the end of this season. So it'll be a big occasion for, for the likes of them and, and Peter Dooley. So while it is not the, the full strength, full bore Leinster, there's lots there for, for Munster to be wary of. There's loads to be wary of. There's loads for Leinster fans to be excited by as well, as you've outlined. Mind you, when you look at that Munster team, and uh, we can talk about it momentarily, you do feel as though this is a game they actually should be winning now. And that's no disrespect to Leinster. Like we know, <clears throat> even when they are a little bit more experimental with their teams, that they're a formidable outfit. But just on paper, this Munster team, to my mind, looks stronger than that Leinster team. And like we were saying earlier in the week on the members pod, it would be very easy for Munster to be brought crashing back to earth by losing to Leinster and, and losing to, say, what we might call a second-string Leinster side. If they were to lose this, mind you, uh, looking at the teams, I actually think it would be nearly catastrophic. Like, I, I think they should be expecting to win this game now when you look at those two 23s. I can only presume they've got a cup final me- mentality about this monster, which you've got to manufacture, obviously. They're, they're into the quarterfinals. They've got their playoff spots secure. But the 
amount that's riding on this game is is gigantic. The the home quarterfinal is a huge advantage. The possible home semifinal is an absolutely massive advantage further along the line if if you get there. And the fact that you would be continuing that momentum that they've built into the playoffs would be absolutely pivotal. So I'm definitely in agreement with you. And I definitely think that's the way Munster will have approached it, putting a bit of pressure on themselves, putting a bit of pressure on, on the senior players who are there to to lead and, and perform. There isn't really any excuse here. You know, as I said, Leinster haven't risked the likes of, say, Reese Ruddock, who could have come and captained the team, Ross Byrne, Luke McGrath, who haven't been starting those European games. They haven't risked any of those guys. So it is very much down the the depth chart in, in Leinster. And there's a bit of pride, I suppose, on the line as well. The last time Len- Leinster came to Thoman Park, um, they they enjoyed a, a win that was far too comfortable, we felt at the time, and we discussed it. It was just a bit of a damp squib in terms of Munster's performance overall, and it felt a little bit too comfortable for, for Leinster. They were able to pull clear in the in the kind of last quarter as well. So there's loads of different reasons for Munster to be, I think, looking to to get towards their, their peak here. And there's loads of reasons for optimism in that sense because we have seen strong performances from them. Like last time out in Toulouse was... Excellent. We discussed it, large parts of it. There's definitely bits of it they'll have been focusing on around scrum, around really efficiency, really getting top efficiency in their in their attack. But there was loads of brilliant elements as well. They're missing a few, obviously. Still, Ty Byrne is out. Um, Johan McGran hinted that he may be back for quarterfinal, maybe semifinal if they get there. Uh, Gavin Coombs hasn't come back in after returning to training just this week. Peter O'Mani has a shoulder injury. Dave Kilcoyne obviously is, is out until the end of the season. So they are missing a few front liners, but they get Andrew Conway back on, on the right wing. Again, another guy making up for, for lost time. Um, and there's loads of other bits we can discuss there, but it's certainly a stronger monster team on paper. So what's your impression when you look at those two teams and you're trying to visualise in your head how this game actually plays out? It's difficult, obviously, when... Leinster are as experimental or are are as far down their depth chart as they've gone but bearing in mind that Munster will have this cup mentality to which you allude and bearing in mind that as much as there will be pride on the line equally for all of these individual Leinster players there isn't a huge deal on the line for them like is it as straightforward as a Munster win get in get out or do you foresee it being like it's obviously going to be competitive but do you foresee it being you know a real game and and even there, there being potential for a Leinster victory here. Yeah, I, I do think it will be highly competitive, but I think given Munster's level of cohesion probably in that team there, there's pretty familiar combinations and that is a strength of Leinster's that they do click into that very well and they've all got minutes in, in the saddle, I suppose, in training. But I think Munster have an advantage in, in that regard and the fact that they've got such experienced heads across the team like Jack O'Donoghue is, is captaining it you've got Conor Murray there at scrum half Joey Carberry who has come into really strong and, and encouraging form Keith Earls on the, the left wing and, and crucially Mike Haley I think getting clear to play after his head injury he's been a real stalwart for Munster when they play well he's invariably playing well at the back so I think that spine of of their team not Scandal at hooker as well really experienced is a, is a strength for this and that's why I would expect Munster to have the edge but that doesn't mean I think they're going to completely blow Leinster away there's always bits of quality and there's always good tries in this Leinster team they're always really well coached and the guys stepping in as we've discussed plenty have major points to prove you, you never know again with some of these guys and match day 23s 
at the, the tail end of the season in the URC in particular, there's going to be chances there if they if they make a statement in this game. Just running through that Leinster team again, Murray, and you've gone through some of the individuals about whom fans can be excited tomorrow. But bearing in mind that they might play every available game this season and bearing in mind the next couple of weeks could be fairly arduous are there any bolters let's say within the context of the end of a season that you can see in that squad maybe guys that have actually crept under the radar a little bit even over the course of the season but might actually stick their hands up for inclusion in a 23 in a european final or even a pro 14 semi-final or final they, they probably don't qualify as bolters but maybe they do in this instance in terms of larmer and baird coming back from injury having had really frustrating times and not been in that mix. And let's be honest, probably not missed all that badly by Leinster because there's always strong players to to take those slots to step up. The likes of Joe McCarthy, who've really grasped every opportunity and just a number of guys in the, in the back line. Like Jimmy O'Brien has made himself a first choice. So I'd probably have those two as the the possibilities in that, in that regard. And both are really interesting points of their career. Like rugby's all about... It is peaks and troughs. It's not just, I think you've mentioned before, Gav, it's not just a level, um, all happy, good times. You, you have tough times as well and, and the resilience is a massive part of it. Baird's probably at the earlier stage of his career, has had some real highs, has had some real hype, has learned lessons from, I, I suppose, about managing that and has had now, more recently, just a bit of a frustration in terms of being injured and falling out of the picture and watching the likes of McCarty get ahead and, and that's that's rugby but we know that he is one of the most outstanding athletes in Irish rugby he's an incredibly unique specimen for a forward a tight five uh, or blindside flanker he's as quick as many wingers quicker than many test wingers and he's really explosive when he gets into the contact and he's been working hard around other bits and, and pieces like his set piece and his, his rock work which is as important as all the the flashy stuff so he has all the tools and it's just about harnessing that in the right way and having the right mindset and fitting into a team really well but i I could see him being used as an explosive part of a a, a 23 in the later stages and again larmer is someone who it's well flagged what he can bring he's got dazzling footwork acceleration he's got an eye for identifying space and he's probably had a realization that he needs to keep building on his game and obviously it's tough when you're injured and you're not getting an opportunity to play and and put that into into action but you know we talk about wings now and fullbacks now who are much more than just strike runners or finishers or sidesteppers they have more complete games they're distributors they're tactical influences and they've got a great awareness of kicking games and I suppose team plans and and where you want to be on the pitch and and that's the side of game that he's pushing himself in. I think he has the technical skills. Even when he was a young lad, he could he could put boot to ball really well and and pick out that space at times. It's just about applying it in a consistent way. Probably how someone like Jimmy O'Brien has done with his versatility and his kind of rounded skill set. But you know, Larmer should have confidence and belief in his ability. He'll probably look at Jimmy O'Brien in the Toulouse game and think, I actually could have scored a couple of tries in those instances. Remember one time in the right-hand corner, O'Brien ducks back inside when you think, you know, maybe um, uh, other wingers would have backed themselves outside, as O'Brien has, has done on, on occasions. But but Larmer, we know, has got belief in his kind of one-on-one finishing ability either side and, and he can um he can beat anyone with his with his footwork so they're two guys i'm really interested to see how 
things pick up again and it, maybe it won't be in the next over the next month but they've got plenty of rugby still ahead of them in the in the next few years yeah maybe it will be in the next month as well that's what i love about rugby or one of the things i love about it is last week or sorry earlier in the week monday when we were on with birch for members we we're talking about ross maloney and making the argument that it's actually very difficult to leave him out of a traveling squad now to new zealand given how integral he is or he can be to leinster given the fact that birch reckons outside of dev who's outgoing he's the best line out caller at leinster and given that a lot of what ireland do well now is predicated probably upon a, a little bit of inbuilt cohesion that leinster have developed week on week like maloney has kind of exploded into being almost a test player at 28 and really as much as we always knew he's a very good player it's not like we were constantly flagging him as being a test tier player necessarily or it, it didn't feel inevitable that he would get that call up he hasn't gotten it yet but it's tangential anyway what i mean is like it only takes five or six weeks to the naked eye before somebody actually has really risen their hand to be included and not only be included in squads and things like that but actually be discussed as like a real bona fide prospect and ryan baird was doing that for ages he's dropped off as you say and you never know what could be going on as well behind the scenes in somebody's life etc i always think of alton delan being an absolute sensation for connick for a long time and listen put in an unbelievable body of work at connick overall but after he lost a parent there was a little bit of a drop off afterwards and nobody really speaks about that because I guess it's just not mm. maybe it's just not our business but of course it's going to affect you you know and like the peaks and troughs as we say are uh like a component of the sport but it really only takes two three back-to-back performances to completely reverse the trajectory you're on and Ryan Baird for example and Jordan Larmer have opportunities against Munster to say put in a really big performance against a formidable enough level of opposition and suddenly you're probably thinking differently about your own career about your own form and who knows like you're included the next week and you're on a run and maybe we're speaking again about their international prospects even ahead of the summer if it's not too late you know it's uh that's why it's it's a really intriguing game from Leinster's point of view to my mind is that you have a few of these guys let's call them sort of fringe players at the moment who within the space of one performance actually could be part of the reckoning for massive games at this the end of the season yeah because they're always primed and ready um like Baird and Larmer also it's it's worth kind of stating that they they have earned a certain level of um like the international Ireland international coaches know their capabilities and their ceiling and they'll certainly be in that mix when they're fully fit and 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 let's underline that because they they absolutely will be and they should be because they we know they can play at that level and and have shown at that level. The thing with Leinster players is like they're always ready to take their chance both because there's a massive personal responsibility there to be ready and get, when you get a chance it, they're few and far between and the competition is so high you've got to absolutely grasp it but also because they've been coached really well they're ready to take it invariably and, and that's the thing like it might not be Leinster's first choice team but I'd be surprised if any of the players don't look really well coached in this game on, on Saturday night even in a short space of time, someone like Cormac Foley, who was on the South Africa tour very recently, and I thought really impressed. I know Birch on the members pod felt exactly the same. There's little bits in his game where you go, there's the inexperience, but I'd actually expect him to come back this week and, and show in a short space of time that he and Lancaster or Cullen or whoever have discussed that and they've uh, put it into practice. I think McCarthy shows that week on week every time he plays little bits of, of detail around I don't know, his carry technique, maybe his his tackle technique that he's worked on with Dennis Leamy, 
Um, and then awareness of game keeps growing for every single one of them because Lancaster is just that influence on everyone. So, yeah, I, I do back Munster for the game, but I think we'll see lots of good stuff from Leinster. And I really wouldn't be shocked if it's really in the balance given given the kind of strength and depth there. Looking forward to it. For anybody who does tune into today's pod pretty much immediately after it's published, Murray, Ulster Sharks, we did touch upon it on Monday both yourself and Birch reckon Ulster would have the edge just purely because Sharks are coming back up this direction again. <clears throat> Ulster have uh, victory away to Edinburgh in the bank as well since that little blip, that late stage blip in their season. Um, do you still feel the same way having seen the teams? like, And how close a game do you expect given what's on the line for both teams? Oh, I expect it to be very close. And yeah, you see Lukan Am coming back from Japan and straight into the team and you go, there's another little <laughs> yeah. boost from They're missing um, Herbank Robler and uh, the other big lock, LaRue Roots, which I think is a blow to them. They would have looked to do some heavy enforcing if they were involved. And Grobler is obviously excellent around the line out and, and indeed most aspects of the game. He's a really good player. So I think that's a, a miss for them. But yeah, it is a, an impressive Sharks team with the likes of Khaleesi, Fassi, I mean, there's all sorts of stars in that team and it's only going to get better next season as we were discussing in one of our members' newsletters recently. Exciting times for, for the Sharks. But I'd still, yeah, I still sense that, that Ulster will get that job done at home. Hopefully no one's listened to this on a Friday night after they've been they've been beaten. But we'll get into it with Birch and it'll be a fascinating one to analyse because the real interest is how the Sharks' form in South Africa flips to, to coming north. Um, and I just can't wait to see how the, the playoff fixtures line up and who has to travel to South Africa for what would be an unbelievably difficult task especially when you're hoping to roll into a semi-final yeah 100% if the Sharks could win that game as well I think it changes a lot of dynamics even ahead of next season just the fact that like probably a year earlier than we'd anticipated they're coming up and upsetting the apple apple card here a little bit Um, let's hope Ulster get the job done mind you just a wrap as well, Murray. You're off to Galway tomorrow for Connacht Zebra. Less on the line here, but obviously you want to round off the season uh, with smiles on faces and hopefully as well um, give a couple of lads opportunities that maybe they haven't gotten in recent weeks. It's a chance for Connacht to just yeah end it on a happy note. It's probably been overall, it's fair to say, a disappointing campaign. Just a few things haven't gone their way, but I don't know. Head into the summer with a bonus try win, bonus point try win, and see what happens next year i guess definitely and andy friends talking about finishing <coughs> excuse me finishing with a 50 percent win record which probably highlights exactly what you're talking about it it's been really up and down and and i think the downs have kind of outweighed probably the, the positives in, in my eyes and and there's reason to be excited there's a renewal of the squad but it'll have to be better next season in this team i'm excited to see dylan tierney martin get his his start have discussed in our members pods just his really impressive form off the, the bench and finally I suppose being fit and having developed as an athlete over the last couple of years probably while he's been injured had a chance to make himself strong and you can see that when he's over the ball at breakdown you can see it when he's making chop tackles I think he's one to be excited about then there's the the players bidding farewell Owen Masterson who to be honest I was surprised that that he was one of the guys leaving because he's such a reliable, consistent squad player for them. Uh, he's starting and, and the likes of Delan, who you mentioned, Papa Lee and Sammy Arnold as well uh, off the bench. So there'll be, I suppose, some emotion there for, for different guys, particularly Delan, given that he spent his 
his career there, you know. Uh, and now he's going off for a new adventure in France, which is really exciting for him and and getting his career up and running. But it'll be nice for people to to bid farewell. And yeah, you'd be shocked if it wasn't anything other than a bit of a high for for Connick to finish and head off into the summer ready to ramp things up next season. Yeah, we'll ramp things up again ourselves on Monday with Birch looking back on those three games and anything else that happens in the rugby world over the course of the weekend, particularly in the URC. It's business time now and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope everybody at home is the same. Murray, we'll catch you Monday. Cheers, Gav. Thank you, sir. And thank you to everybody at home as well. It's members.the42.e. If you want to sign up, become a member of the 42. You get access not only to our Rugby Weekly pods on Monday with Birch, but equally Murray and Owen Toulon's pods on Wednesday, plus all of the other offerings from the 42 membership, including football pods, GA pods, newsletters. Just hit to hit members.the42.e. You'll see it all there. You can make your own mind up. So until Monday for members and until this time next week for non-members, mind yourselves. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year. I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. And he's